a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Well, there's obviously been a growing concern over depression, anxiety, uh, many of those things that we've seen, uh, not just during the course of the pandemic, but uh, rolling into it and now coming out of it. And there's been some important studies done of late. Um, over 90% of people believe depression is caused solely by a chemical imbalance. And there's new research coming out saying not so fast. There are other things that we need to be thinking about and looking at as well. And to help us break all of that down, uh, one of our favorites at the Deseret News, Lois Collins, joins us on the line. Uh, of course, she covers all kinds of policy and research in particular that impacts family and community. Uh, Lois, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Boyd. Well, first, let's start uh, into the uh, kind of the baseline of all of this. Uh, I think uh, for a lot of years now, we've kind of uh, said, okay, it's a depression can be a, a chemical imbalance or a physiological challenge uh, of some sort. What What is kind of the baseline? And then what is this new research uh, showing us? And what should we be thinking about that? So it's kind of interesting because the there's been a lot of pushback from that theory for a long time. But most people, as you said, believe that, and this is based on some theories that have been put forth in science, they believe that it's something wrong with your brain chemistry. Probably serotonin levels are too low, and therefore, if you can increase the level of serotonin, then you're going to help people with their depression. That's a treatment that almost every antidepressant on the market has been based on. And what this did This particular study, which is in the journal Molecular Psychiatry, and it was done by researchers at the University um, College London, looked at all the studies that it had been found that it considered high-quality studies. So it had certain requirements. Um, So it wasn't just taking any little thrown-together study. It's a big meta-analysis, and it found that when it looked at serotonin from all kinds of levels, it just doesn't hold up. So what they're saying is, We do not believe, and others have said this in the past, but this is the biggest one to say that, we do not believe that antidepressants that target serotonin are changing your depression by targeting serotonin. So they may be doing something else. They're not saying completely that they don't think that antidepressants do anything. What they're saying is if it's doing something, it's not with the serotonin levels. Yeah, and that's a and that's a really important distinction that uh, it, it may be doing something that is helping that depression, but it's it's not just it's not the serotonin component that uh, we've often uh, thought was was the pure case. What were some of the other things that they found out in terms of what is uh, leading to depression? And again, the numbers seem to continue to go up, uh, not just here in the United States but around the world. Uh, what are some of the things that they were looking at, or or maybe are are nodding to in terms of okay, here's some. Here's some other things that maybe we need to look harder at moving forward. What they did find consistently across almost all of these studies is that traumatic events and stress play a role. And I want to I tie those two things together because for a long time, um, 
researchers, doctors, psychiatrists have said that antidepressants work best when they are combined with some sort of talk therapy, some mm-hmm. sort of cognitive behavioral work. And this would just support that thought, too, that whether or not antidepressants are doing anything, you need to deal with other things beside that. And the researchers also said that it's important to sort this out. We can't just say, well, maybe they're doing something else. Um, it's possible they are, but we we ought to research that because otherwise we don't know what antidepressants might be doing to, to the brain's long term. Yeah. And, that, and so there are lots of reasons to really dig into this and do some controlled studies and figure it out. Yeah. And that's and that is such an important part of it that uh, uh, I'm so glad you pointed out that it, it showed that these kinds of things, antidepressants, can be helpful and are most helpful when done in conjunction with something else, whether that's some some talk therapy, as you said, or some other kind uh, of experience. Uh, and I think that's such an important part uh, of that whole conversation. Uh, as you've looked at this and you've reported on this for a long time, uh, Lois, as you've watch kind of the trends and and how this has uh, been moving forward. Uh, what are you sensing or what are you hearing from some of your sources in terms of uh, kind of changing the game or changing the conversation as it relates to depression, antidepressant medicine, uh, and where we go from here? Well, the, the first thing I'm hearing is that, and this is universal, we've got to get rid of the stigma around mental health because too many people are not seeking the help they need. But we also have to tackle the numbers and the fact that if you decide that you want to get help for your mental health, there are not, there's not enough help available. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think I have seen a lot more emphasis on is teaching people strategies. And this ties back to the finding that this may, a lot of depression may be life events and trauma. Um, there are a lot of strategies that are helping people that, that are not necessarily medicine. They're not necessarily therapy. It's, it's things like um, mindfulness mm. and meditation and exercise and things that, that make you healthy, not just mentally healthy, but healthy. And so I think we have to recognize that this is a really, really complex question, and it probably has a complex solution. And people should be open to, to doing things that make them healthy physically because what's good for the body is also good for the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate that you brought up the fact that we don't have enough resources out there. Even those who do want to get some help with their mental health uh, often are are on very, very long waiting lists if they can get on a waiting list at all. Uh, Is there any conversations going around about how we address that issue, kind of this lack of, of resources and mental health experts? There are tons of conversations. There aren't there aren't probably as many solutions as we'd like to see. But one thing that was interesting, you know, the pandemic, COVID brought us a lot of really troubling, terrible, horrible things that made us all unhappy. But one thing that it did do was help people recognize real value of telehealth. Mm. And telehealth has done quite a bit to make mental health services more available. Um, and it is also, you know, people are more open to talking to people indirectly. So not just telehealth, but online things, watching watching videos that might be helpful, doing all of the kind of electronic availability things. And that's made a difference, too. But bottom line, um, as far as getting, like, good 
direct go in, see somebody mental health. We just really need to do something to deal with the fact that there isn't enough. Yeah, you, you mentioned the telehealth component to that and uh, many of those regulatory burdens as it relates to doing things across state lines that were suspended or uh, removed for the course of the pandemic. I know there's a number of things going on in Congress right now that might make those a little more permanent, uh, which might help alleviate some of that. And uh, I want to close out to going back to something you said earlier, uh, Lois, that to me is so important, and that is uh, making sure that we're all creating space, that we're helping to remove the stigma around mental health uh, and that we're all leaning into those those particular conversations. I, I think that that's incredibly important, and it always has been, but I think we're actually making some progress with that, partly because of the numbers. You know, it's believed that 13% of adults take antidepressants. Who knows how many more people know that they struggle somehow with some, some mental health issue and they're not addressing it. The other thing, Boyd, that I do want to point out is that these study authors and everybody else says, do not, do not, do not, do not stop taking your antidepressants on your own. Don't read a study like this and say, oh, well, it's not helping me, so I'm going to quit. Because there are some side effects and some serious medical issues that can come from that. And so if you decide for some reason that you're going to take this particular study, and it does have some pushback, so it, it's not just, oh, we have the solid answer. But if you are paying attention to this particular study, do not take yourself off your medication without professional help. Uh, so important. I appreciate you pointing that out, Lois, because it is crucial to, if you are taking your antidepressant, uh, if you decide that you want to go a different different direction, always do that under the care and in consultation uh, with your doctor. That's uh, just a, a crucial piece of that puzzle. Lois Collins from the Deseret News, uh, always appreciate your perspective and great insight on an area that uh, continues to be a big issue, a big challenge, and one that we're going to all have to come together on to get some better solutions. Lois, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. That's a crucial conversation. Always appreciate Lois's perspective. Uh, deep dive, serious stuff. Uh, Very important we get that one right. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. More to come on Inside Sources coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.